Welcome to the Midlife Empress Podcast, where we talk about all things midlife and menopause. This is a place where you can come and break societal norms, raise the taboo on menopause, and redefine the narrative of midlife. Providing empowerment here, you become the healthiest, wealthiest, highest version of yourself. I teach you how to take back your me. I'm your host, Ginger Monzo. so excited right now. I have the vibes going through me so much right now because I have an amazing treat for you. A real true midlife empress interview. And we have an amazing soul with us today. You know, we're going to be talking thoughts on, you know, midlife. And as a psychologist of 20 years, she is going to share with us some unique challenges, unique opportunities that midlife can present. And I absolutely love this woman, okay? Her and I have shared the same mentor together. And, you know, we got to know each other through the DMs. <laughs> and I just loved her energy, her positivity. She always took time out just to say something sweet to me. And that's where I just fell in love with you. I fell in love with her. And, you know, she's not afraid to be real. She's not afraid to be bold. She's not afraid to be frank when she planks. And I absolutely love that about her. Um, she's bubbly. She's in my vibe. She's absolutely just love. And I want to introduce you to Dr. Erin. She's known as the success psychologist. She's a true force in the field of neuroscience, mindset, sales, influence, leadership, and the psychology of success, you know, as a renowned psychologist, an international keynote speaker, she is a high performer expert, corporate trainer, a seven time number one best selling author. Whoa. Dr. Aaron, you know, you are the go to expert for transforming individuals or performing powerhouse. She's been named professional saleswoman of the year, a top performance coach, and was named one of the top 125 leaders of Success Magazine. She and her husband, Garth, are also in the top 1% of the world's fastest growing affiliate marketing company in the world today. She has three children and wow, wow, wow. Welcome to the show, Dr. Erin. I always oh, hi, I, hello everybody. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. And and it's so fun to be here because I just turned 50. So I am literally midlife. And I wow. had some friends host a um surprise birthday party for me, which is has never happened to me before. And everyone wore bright pink and unicorns. And my daughter goes, I'm not sure you're turning 50 or seven, mom. It looks like a seven-year-old's birthday. So I am feeling fabulous. I am 50 years old. So thank you for having me so and for the amazing. work you're doing in the world. Thank you, Ginger. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Aaron. And yes, you could not go into that 50th birthday party without the hot pink and the unicorns, right? (laughs) That's our jam, girl. That's our colors. That's our everything. And you know what? Midlife is fun. Midlife is meant to be fun, you know, and and it is what we make of it, right? It truly is what we make of it. It's the best for me that it's ever been. I mean, I... I was thinking about my life before this podcast and thinking how I stayed in school till I was 31 years old. So I, I I left high school and I got right into college and I got all the degrees that I needed to be a psychologist, which took me to 31 years old. And I remember my mom saying, you're finally going to pay taxes. And I, so I really didn't I didn't get into this adulting thing till till my 30s. And man, the thirties and forties were a ride. And, uh, I'm really excited about my fifties. There's, there's a new, there's a peace and a calm and, and, and I really love almost bottling it up and giving it to other women. And so, yeah, I, I hope that I've become wiser and, you know, I like to say, Ginger, I lead powerful women back home to their truest self. But I also think one of my superpowers is attracting powerful women on the Facebook like you and I did and becoming friends and, and moving this movement forward together. So thank you for what you've done. I absolutely love this, Dr. Aaron. I love it so much. And, you know, um, Midlife has a lot of surprises and I love every one of them. I truly do. I love everything that comes our way in midlife. And tell me just a little bit about your story and all this and this amazement with midlife. Tell me a little bit about the pieces that are specifically interesting in terms of a conversation around midlife is Yes, I'm a high performance expert and coach and trainer, but I think growing up, I would have thought I was a high performer. And and by all intents and purposes, I looked like one. I, I was the girl that got all the A's. I was the perfectionist. I was, you know, always what I call pleasing, performing, proving and perfecting all sorts of things in my life. And really what was at the base of all of that was fear fear of not being good enough, fear of comparing myself to others, fear of being judged. And so that worked really well until it didn't work well anymore. And in my mid thirties, when I was propelled into adulthood, um, I had an emotional rock bottom, a spiritual dark night of the soul. Um, and ever since then have really built the version of me that that now is in this world, but man, those four P's of pain, proving, pleasing, performing, and perfecting. I, I'm so grateful. I found a way out of those. And so all of those things that you just mentioned that I've been able to accomplish and do, I did from uh, an energy of actually being pulled instead of pushing And, and I love, I love teaching people how to do that. And that's really, you know, what I love about midlife is it's really an identity exercise. It's, it's an identity exercise of figuring out who do you want to be? What's your mission? What lights you up? What breaks your heart? And that mission is what pulls you versus this external drive that pushes you. So that identity work 
for me and and my understanding of the humans as a psychologist is that works so much more easier with so much more flow with so much more fun and joy than trying to push and prove you know for your worth on the planet so i just i do want to say you know i i have accomplishments that were you know accomplished during my stage of fear and then i have the accomplishments that you just mentioned that were as a result of me being happy joyous and free Yes. And they're, they just feel very different. So I think that's why I'm intoxicated with this phase of life. That's midlife because I, I worked my way through those painful identities. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, you know, the saying pain pushes to the vision pulls and that's, that's so real. That's so real. Yeah. And, and I don't think, I don't think pain, pain has been my greatest growth accelerator, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't, I don't think I want on my tombstone. She suffered well, you know, I don't, I, I, I want, like, I, I just don't, like, I don't want to wear the badge of suffering, you know, right. and it, 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 yeah, it works until it doesn't work anymore. And so, yeah, teaching how, how do you actually create a methodology in your life where you're being pulled? That's what gets me going. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Amazing. So I know that you turned 50 this week. Wow. Happy birthday. And I just want you to kind of just tell us just a little bit about your thoughts totally just on midlife itself. What are your thoughts? You know, I think it's a great opportunity to come home to oneself. So there's this great quote. You've probably all heard it. Um, I don't know how to say the name, but it's we are all just walking each other home. Mm-hmm. And when I think of even the way that the the field of psychology is moving, this understanding of we're born, we 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 have life experiences that happen to us. All of us have trauma, big T, little T trauma. Trauma just meaning um, any time where we abandon ourselves and have to fragment off of from our truest self, which we all have to at times. Then if midlife and if healing is a return home to ourself. It's a remembering. If you think of trauma as a a fragmentation of self, of these parts of ourself, then a remembering is literally a remembering, pulling the members of our, like pulling ourself back, right? And it just shifts everything in my work with my, my clients in psychology, in my understanding of, can I stop being a project? That's what happened for me this year, Ginger. It's fascinating because I'm a personal growth junkie and yes. I broke up with it this year. And so what I broke up and I, I just, one day I said, I'm so sick of being a project. And I was like, how can that be if I'm, if I'm in the space of growth and teaching people how to grow? And I realized I I'm done working on myself. I want to love myself. I want to heal myself and healing. I believe never is completed. If healing is the return to our highest self, that just feels, I don't know. It just feels really safe and beautiful. And like, yeah, that's the work I want to do for the rest of my life. So 
I don't know. It feels like a revolution in my body. This whole, I'm just done being a project. That's amazing. That's amazing. And you know what? Those feelings, I, I feel that. I just felt that coming from you. So Good. Keep, keep sharing that because it's real. It's true. Sometimes we just feel like we're just a project. And it, there's more to it than that. There's more to it, more than, to it that. than that. You know, I think yeah. if you study the happiest people on the planet, there's two things. They're 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 kind of obsessed with contribution and growth. Mm-hmm. So so the contribution part that makes sense. Like, how can we serve others? How can we serve our mission? How can we move that forward? And growth, and and really looking at where, what is the motivation behind the growth? Mm-hmm. Is the motivation to prove mm-hmm. or please? Or is the motivation to step into the fullness of you is the motivation behind the growth. You know, I'm going to become the best version of me. So that really look at what's behind the, so that. Yes. And you know, I think that for the, for the ones of us that the motivation is an internal one, it gets really fun because that's about, you know, I want to live. My greatest fear is not meeting my potential. It, it's not outside of me. It's not an outside metric. Mm-hmm. It's, I just don't want to get to the end and be like, man, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't go for it. I think if we had to stop at our best self, we would be bored. <laughs> I want to keep going and going. Yeah, I think, I think by definition, there is no end stop. Is there? Right. And again, it's really, it's not from the energy of it's not good enough. Oh, it's, it's it's so good enough that it's, that's not even the question. My, the question of my life used to be like, how can I be good enough? Like, how can I, am I ever going to make it? And that was really the overarching question. And it led to so much pain. Mm -hmm. And I, one of the greatest techniques is that, that I share is ask yourself, what is that overarching question you're asking yourself throughout your whole life? And is it, is it the most helpful, truest joy-filled question. And if it's not, you can give yourself permission to say, I'm not even entertaining that question anymore. If I'm not on a mission to prove my worthiness, if my worthiness was established at birth, then what else could I ask myself? What other, what the, you know, the quality of your life is going to be dictated on the quality of the questions you ask yourself. Agreed. And so really look at what, what questions are you asking myself? Mm -hmm. So if my mission is to set the captives free, which that's my mission, then I just have to ask myself, how can I set the captives free? How can I set myself free? Because there's no one way freedom. When I go free, you go free. When I'm free, you're free. I can't help you be free unless I'm free. Like those kind of questions, not, am I ever going to make it? Or when will I ever get there? Mm -hmm. What else do I have to do? I'm so glad there's, there's just not a a limit to that (laughs) because I would be bored because I am so much like you in that area. I just want to get better and better and better and better. And it never end never. So you have been a psychologist for over 20 years now. Yeah. Is there anything that you can share with us? Like anything about the uniqueness, the challenges are the unique opportunities that midlife presents to women. 
I think it's it's almost kind of like when the when the pandemic was the world shutting down and we all returned home. I think of midlife as a returning home. And what what I mean by that is it's it's kind of the great homecoming. And so what I mean by that is if you are your home, mm-hmm. what do you want that to be? And one of the greatest exercises is the identity exercise of asking yourself who who's the ideal version of me? What words would describe her? And maybe just pick three. Mm-hmm. And, and again, if we study the most integrated, authentic, happy people, they're very intentional with who they want to be. And then they go and be that person now. So mm-hmm. if I want to be patient, I'd be patient now. If I want to be loving, I am loving now. If I want to be fit, I am fit now. If I want to be spiritually connected, I got to figure out how to be spiritually connected now. And what's inevitable in that is that you will inevitably live the life of your ideal self because you're being her now. And so it's not more complicated than that. Asking yourself, what are the three words that would describe her? and go and be her now, the psychology of the confidence that comes as a result of that, because you're actually keeping the promises you make to yourself. If confidence is to confide in oneself, to trust oneself, ultimately that's what we all want. When I, when I've studied all you humans, you all say the same thing at the end of why do you want that? Why do you want that? Why do you want that? You want freedom, peace, and self-trust. That's what we want. So how do we get that? It, it That's the simple but profound formula. Align to your highest vision, your highest self, and then embody, take that thought and make your body move. Do the thing she would do now equals happiness. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. right. And then I think, you know, this, the, the psychology of showing up for our humanity is also required. And I don't know if that gets talked about enough. And so there's this idea that, that I know is true, that I I will reach my highest self because of my humanity, not in spite of it. Mm-hmm. And, and if I can, can help people create a friendly relationship with reality, with themselves, with their brains, because we're all going to have all the human experiences. So I don't know about you, Ginger, but you know, there's no, like I have arrived and now I don't feel all the things that humans feel. Exactly. No, just more sophisticated problems. Okay. That's what leadership is, by the way, it's just signing up for more sophisticated problems. So they don't go away, but the you that meets them can be a different version. And so this idea of, oh, you're a human too? Oh, me too. Oh, you're a human too? Oh, me too. Let's talk about that. That's really shifted in my psychology practice. You know, I think I used to think, okay, what's their diagnosis? What's the pathology? Mm-hmm. And that, that's why I quit psychology a couple of years, you know, a couple of years back and moved into coaching because I just didn't want to focus on pathology. But now, now I just think of my clients coming in and just saying like, okay, so what part of the, being a human is kind of tripping you up right now? But I really, I just see us all as just humans having a human experience that mm-hmm. we all just, we're going to all figure out how to show up for it all. Yep. 
Yeah, I do too. I do too. There's, yeah, there's just no bad, there's no bad feelings, but you've got to be able to hold them all to have it all. Yes. You got to be able to hold them all. That's so true. So I think it's safe to say that most of our listeners are women and they truly want to shine and elevate in their midlife. And they truly want to be, you know, a midlife empress in their own life. Right. So if you were to pick the number one thing, the number one lesson that you wanted them to know, what would that one thing be? That's a juicy one. I love it. Um, you know, it's a toss up between figuring out your ideal self and uh, identity, which I've always talked about, but there's a concept that changed things for me. And it's this idea that bliss is my birthright. Ooh. And so if that's true, that hit the heart. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. If it's true, then how good can I let it be becomes the work of my lifetime. Mm -hmm. So if I'm a child of God, which we all are, and God is abundance and God is all, and I am that mm -hmm. there's some mathematical transitive property that makes that a pretty big deal. Right. So I, I always think if you're like at the, at the nursery and all the babies are born and you're standing at the window and you're looking in at all the babies you would never say, well, like you get, you get, you get it all, but this one over here, you only get 60%. And you no, you only get to go to Bali, but no, you, you get to go everywhere. Like we would never do that. And so if that's true, which it is, then any belief other than that has been learned and can be reckoned with. It can be unlearned or not believed. And so in a nutshell, if that's true, then I think the biggest thing I would love to say to all, all of, of the women is give yourself permission to receive a blissful life. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a receiving, it's a very feminine energy of, oh, I was, I was, that was my birthright too. Mm -hmm. It's already our birthright. We, we, we have rights to it. We have, yeah. right, we own the rights to it. Yeah. So we just have to be open, palms yeah. up, be open to receive it. Yeah. Well, I just want to say, I know that you have this amazing journal that you just came out with and I'm just seeing this journal everywhere. And I'm so excited about the journal and the journal is how human of me, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. What an amazing name. How Thank you. It's, it's, it's a phrase I've used so many times over the years of, and I think it just leads people. It leads people to self-compassion, doesn't it? You say, Oh, how human of me. Mm -hmm. And, and through that self-compassion, we can work through all these feelings. Right. But thank you for letting me share the journal. The journal is it's more than just a journal. It's not just blank pages. It's really 30 years of neuroscience, psychology, spirituality, research embedded into questions that one can ask themselves to, it's like a roadmap home to yourself. And so they're almost like conversation starters for yourself. But when you ask, ask yourself these questions within these questions, 
are are the keys to the kingdom, so to speak. I mean, it's it's a it's a very grandiose idea, but it's true. And so in this journal is all of that. And you get to use those questions because I, I don't think you need a guru. I think you need, again, the questions you ask yourself dictate the quality of your life. And so let's make sure we're asking ourselves some, some really great questions and then you having the answer. So I lead, I lead women back home to their truest self. I don't tell people what to do. I lead women home back to their truest self. Mm-hmm. That's a technology, a methodology of, you know, the answers, but let's, let's, let's help. I'm your tour guide to, to find them, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, I think anytime you can put a journal into a person's hand, it's just peace. It's openness. It's it's just amazing. You know, I know when I journal, I journal every day. And, you know, I journal in a spiritual journal. I journal in all types of journals. But um, I know when I journal, I just feel this peace upon me. And, you know, I, I just think journaling is an amazing thing for women, especially in midlife. You know, we have so many things coming at us in midlife. And if we can just grab up, put our hands on a journal, wrap ourselves up in a little blanket and just go and find some peace inside. I think that's just the best thing to do. Journaling is amazing. And I think it's so cool that you have this awesome journal of helping women be a better version of themselves. That's incredible. Incredible. And you know, that's what you and I teach. And I love this. I love this. I thrive on this. It's been such an amazing conversation with you. And how can we send women to connect with you, Dr. Aaron? If there's any. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm on the social media, you know, all the places. Dr. Aaron Oaksel, OKSOL. And then if you want that journal, it's higherlifejournal.com. Higherlifejournal.com. And that's what we're all seeking, sweetheart. The higher life, right? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Aaron, for being on the Midlife Empress podcast with us. And all you Midlife Empress out there. I just feel so blessed to be able to have this beautiful woman on this podcast with us. And if there's anything that, you know, struck with you on that, reach out to Dr. Erin, reach out to her, grab her journal, and don't forget to jump over to the Successful Irradiant Women Group. We are there. We have an amazing community there to love and to support on you. We love each other in this group, and that's what we're about. So until next time, Armies, bye for now.